0: Good evening good evening everyone. Welcome to Hawks Insiders, your Thursday night safe space. We are back after missing last week. Apologies for that. There was a bit of news. We will get round to it uh tonight as we talk. My name's Ashley Brown and I am joined as always by most of our regulars. It's good to have most of the crew back this evening for the first time in a little while. Hello, Andrew Weiss.
1: G'day, Ash. Good evening all, and nice uh Nice, cosy, little, intimate gathering tonight. It feels like we should be checking a log on the fire and uh, toasting some marshmallows, something like that.
0: Uh, well, there's weather for it. It's actually uh, back to, well, certainly in terms of the, the precipitation. It is depth of wind. feel sorry for the cricketers, uh, Andrew. They just might never get out onto, uh, oh, out onto the field the pr- at all this season, the way things are going.
1: Premier cricket in Victoria, I think, uh, well, last week round four, it was the first time in premier cricket history. Uh, the first four rounds of the season have been canned and, and round five's been canceled as of this afternoon. So yeah, it's nearly time for footy pre-season. It is,
0: it is time for footy preseason. Hello, Darren Levine.
2: Hi, Ash. Hi, Andrew. I think that's about enough cricket talk for or else I'm going to leave the space. Uh, Brad, hello. Good
3: evening. Four weeks to go till our grand final for the season, draft night. So, yeah, hopefully it comes along quickly because, you know, that's going to be an exciting night for us all. The countdown is on.
0: It is. uh, As the regenerative continues. And Danny Prince, hello. Ash,
4: good to be here. It was a bit weird last Thursday night sitting on my couch and – waiting for the spaces to start and
0: then realising it wasn't on. So, nice to be back back on deck with the crew. Well, you could have run one, but uh, you chose not to. So, there you go. Um, usual drill, if you have anything you want to contribute to the uh, conversation, request to speak, and we'll get you on as soon as we can to take part in the conversation. Um, as I said, a bit of views around you. It's a pretty quiet time. In the world of football at the moment, I happen to be walking through the corridors of a Victorian-based AFL club today to talk to some people there. And honestly, there was not one single person in that club's football department who was working. So they are all on leave. Uh, This is one of the few down, quiet times in footy. Most coaches, most footy departments open again after Cup Day as they start preparing for pre-season, which in the case of the teams that missed the finals and the first to four-year players is a couple of weeks later. Of course, there is a a lot of unofficial training taking place and we might talk about the buff photo of Jimmy Walpole before we finish up tonight. But uh, let's go. A couple of big developments of the Hawks that we should work through. One that happened uh, before the spaces that didn't take place last week and that is around the election. Uh, A bit of sneaky play by the Hawks in that they didn't really declare that they were seeking uh, nominations or put a closing date in place before declaring nominations closed. Um, the Hawks for Change people became aware of that, as did some others. So we were having another election, Hawthorne. Andrew Gowers uh, will be challenging Peter Nankerville for the presidency of the football club. And Ed Sill, friend of the Hawks Insiders, uh and uh, James Molino, the former acting Premier of Victoria, will be uh, standing for the board along with um, Maria Lou as well, who's uh, also standing for the board, hoping to join incumbents Kate Hudson and Anne-Marie Pelitzer. So there's a bit going on at the footy club. They're probably a bit underhanded. Um, I'll get you to kick things off uh, Daz, on a, Dar- a Danny, written a very good piece for Consilience. We'll get you uh, talk about that in a moment. Daz, as our chief political correspondent, what did you make of all those machinations
2: last week? Well, I'm um, maybe the chief political correspondent, but I, I find the board stuff so tedious. Actually, <laughs> That's <Get right>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, look, I think it's a it's a pretty uh, pretty pretty good group of heavy hitters there. Some big names, and it's. Very interesting if you're into this kind of thing. I think definitely, you know, obviously, I don't think Kenneth was going without without a fight, um, and Gower's really kind of threw threw a cat in amongst the pigeons. So it's definitely going to heat up over the next few weeks, and I think it's there's there's a lot to play out here, and a lot of very interesting conversations to be had about about you know whether we want to change at this point. In, in in our trajectory and um and how the how how what the best way forward is for the club if it is indeed to to embrace change.
0: Danny, you wrote a very good piece for the Substack the other day. Kenneth um, has been a bit underhanded, hasn't he, with with what he's trying to do? I, I think I think the whole situation uh, from the
4: Hawks has been really sort of a bit sly, and I, I just don't like the way they've gone about it. I mean. We've recently, my soccer club, my local soccer club recently had held their AGM and um, part of our constitution talks about um, nominations two weeks in advance, adv- advise, adv- a vision of um, the AGM coming and, and request for nominations. So I'm shocked that um, that wasn't a public notice in some way, shape or form for the Hawks or a requirement. Uh, and then for for the Hawks to not even mention when the cutoff date was to accept those nominations. I mean, I think Gowers talked about being stuck in France and having to frantically get his nomination sorted. And um, yeah, I think the whole thing just smells of poor governance and um, I just, I just don't like it. I just don't like it at all.
1: you got to hit your unmute button, Ash, if you're trying to sorry. speak. I am. Um, sorry. sorry. Yeah, you're there. Yeah,
0: yeah sorry. Uh, clearly a bit underhanded by uh, by Jeff Kennett and what he's trying to do. I mean, he's gone back on his word in terms of the nominations committee. Andrew Gowles was supposed to be the chairman of the nominations committee. That didn't turn out to be the case. Peter Nankerville was instead installed as the chairman of the nominations committee and ends up being the president's nominee to be the next president. So that's not quite democracy at work, Gowers chose not to stand for the board last year, despite a huge grant swell of support for him on the basis that he was going to be the chairman of the Nominations Committee and therefore would have a big say in who the next president would be. So it's just, uh, it's all very, it's all very fishy and uh, not a particularly... Great, look for the footy club. And it's not a bad piece, It's not a bad thing to have democracy and have elections at the footy club. And I wrote a piece last week and some people commented saying, you know, what's wrong with democracy? I actually don't think there's anything wrong with democracy. I think it's a good thing to have. But I'm just disappointed that uh, the manner in which it all happened to be underhanded. Andrew, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I think the other interesting thing to note is, I mean, even going back to... The start of the year. Let's not forget that Hawks for Change, when they were active, and I had been hoping to hear something from them uh, in the last couple of weeks, and and we haven't. They obviously put in Silk, uh, uh, in Silk. They put uh, Silk forward, who um, is now at Crown. Uh, so there's been those changes, but the interesting thing was reading about Gowers rushing from overseas to get his nomination in. Agree with Danny, like, where's the due process in terms of um, alerting members to nominations to be able to put it in? I I don't... Ash, do you recall having seen that? I I don't recall. No,
0: they didn't recall for nominations. Just people sort of worked out that it was due. People made some inquiries and, and and found out when it was all happening. But they didn't have it. They normally advertise for nominations, or
5: even yeah. They know, normally some...
1: put out an article, yeah, a, an nothing. article on the site. Yeah, so
5: nothing's happened.
1: So the dying purely from of a Jeff good Kennedy, governance. Yeah. It's, yeah.
0: Well, this is, this is bad governance, Brad. You've got some thoughts on uh, on on the president.
3: I didn't like it, as you guys have said. You've touched on it all. I found his letter to the members was just uh, arrogant. Uh, Naive, just talking about how good the club's been in the last few years. And uh, I just, I didn't uh, like it. I don't understand the politics. I know you, uh, you know, you uh, get into it uh, more than me, Ash. Uh, Daz also, you know, says he doesn't uh, get into it. I just, I think both supporters reading social as well uh, didn't like it. I may be wrong. It'd be interesting to hear some people's thoughts uh, tonight. But as we've been saying for a long time, at least the last two years, we need change. Changes are required. Jeff's obviously gone, but as Ash touched on and uh, Prinzi has also said, the whole thing has just been handled terribly. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the next couple of weeks, because as you've said, Jeff, you know, he says he's going in for uh, back surgery, but we all know the second he's out of that and he can write or talk again, or he's going to be in the media a lot. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. But I think the guys that have put their hands up and the, and the uh, uh, ladies as well all look like really strong uh, candidates. So, be, you know, it's going to be good to see who gets given uh, the nod. Uh, Gowers, I think, would be brilliant. He's obviously a former player. Um, Ed Sill, who's a friend of our show, seems like a brilliant uh, candidate as well uh, to get a spot on another other board. So we'll see what happens.
0: Uh, In terms of that, just to get get to Andrew, the listener, in one sec, Um, Ed will be coming on the Spaces possibly as early as uh, this time next week to have a bit of a chat to us. And uh, James Molino, the former uh, Victorian uh, Deputy, former Acting Premier of Victoria, uh, he can't come on the Spaces because he's busy with another campaign, as he said to me today that's take up every evening. However, we are going to have a, a podcast with him in the next couple of weeks as well. He's uh, agreed to an interview with us, which we will put up as a podcast and also as an article on Hawks Insiders. So stay tuned for that. He's a big Hawthorne supporter and it'll be great to get his views on the club. So look out for that on Hawks Insiders in the next couple of weeks, certainly well before voting opens. Andrew, good evening. Got a question or a comment?
6: Oh, yeah. Just to um, build on what you guys have already said, that was a a uh, great piece, uh, Danny, that I read this morning about uh, the the election. I mean, I was actually livid when I when I read that. Um, I I actually think the the way that the club is being governed in terms of um, uh, you know the elections and so forth it's it seems like it's an an active campaign of member disengagement. Which, under the current circumstances, with everything that's happened over the last, or the revelations that have occurred over the last few months, is absolutely uh, gobsmacking. So, I'm just counting the days for uh, the uh, the door to hit Jeff's backside on the way out, and for a new a new style of leadership um, to come through. I mean, uh, transparency, member engagement. I would think, uh, you know. Nice fundamental tenets um, for the uh, for the next stage of uh, Hawthorne's future. I mean, Sam seems to be um, very much along those lines, along along with being very empathetic. Um, and it was I, I heard James on uh, SEN the other day. I'm I'm an ex ex Melbourne I live in Sydney now, so I don't know a lot about. To James, but he uh, he sounded quite impressive um, on the radio. So yeah, that was just my two bob's worth. Yeah,
0: thanks, Andrew. I certainly think that two of the three uh, challenges from outside the board, just for the board, uh, I, I believe are going to make member engagement a very big part of their platforms. And I think you're right. There is a, a feeling that the member engagement has slipped away. So we'll we'll hear more from those. Uh, Candidates over the next few weeks, and hopefully they will all be uh, appearing in some shape or form with us on Hawks Insiders. But I, yes, member engagement I think is a big, big key. It's more than just having regular members to letters, uh, letters to members from Jeff Kennett and Justin Reeves, they need to do a bit more than that to truly qualify as member engagement. So we look forward to hearing their plans. But I did hear a rumor today that um, that Peter Ngavul and Andrew Gowers, who quite ironically are very close friends. As Gow said in one of his media appearances, that uh, oh again, Andrew Gowers as well will be doing something with Hawks Insiders before the election as well. He's uh, He and I are having some conversations about what shape or form that might be, but we will certainly be hearing from him before the elections as well. The Nankervilles and the Gowers are good friends and uh, the families go back a long way. And my understanding is they might have broken bread at some stage this week. Where that leads us to, I'm not quite sure. Uh, we will watch that with interest. David, good evening.
7: Good evening, boys. Um, I'm
0: surprised that
7: the... I don't know the club's rules and regulations or their governance rules, but I'm very surprised. I used to work very closely with my general manager in a credit union, and my understanding of the corporation law, you have to provide members with dates and what's going on at the AGM. You know, change of constitution, change of board meetings, Vote days, time to get it all in. We used because we were governed by APRA. If we didn't have a notice out on the web page out and out in our last newsletter in June, we had a, APRA on the phone to us wanting to know what was going on or ASIC as well. So I'm very surprised the club has been able to get away without knowing their full constitutional laws, um, with not announcing anything, with not publicly advising anyone anything. I am so surprised that someone hasn't brought this up earlier and hasn't... I don't I don't know if it's one of those things that you could actually go, unless it's our constitution, you could actually make the AGM be... Because um, we used to be, if you didn't have it out by a certain date, the AGM had to go back that amount of time. So if you put, say, the 1st of <laughs> August for the date, you couldn't... You had to do it by, say, November. You had to do it by the 1st of August. If you didn't have it out by the 1st of August, the AGM had to go back pro rata by the days you're out. So if you went to put it out in the 7th of August, you couldn't do it by the, till the 7th of November.
1: I'm pretty sure they've got it covered because they put out the statement on the 19th and after they talk about the nominations closing for and the vacancies, um, they actually say that notice and further information regarding the AGM will give, be given to members at least twenty-one days before the meeting, including a statement by the candidates and instructions on how to vote in the election. So, I'm pretty sure that will fulfil their regu- the governance regulations, and they would have made sure of that. I think it is more the being blindsided about nominations, and we are probably, you know, that that's highlighted by the fact that you know, mainstream media picked up that Gowers had to scramble from overseas to get his nomination in time. But it would be pretty surprising, Whitey, if um if the club weren't actually all over that from a from a legal standpoint. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, no,
7: no. But it's just it's just surprised me that it's caught everyone off guard because we had to you know we had to have everything out in a certain time and everyone had to know well in advance. You know, nominations had to be in so many days before the before the election, and if they weren't in, you were shot. You couldn't go go
0: through it. So, Thanks, boys. Yeah. No, thanks, David. Yeah, I think it's a matter of that uh, people waiting and waiting and waiting for the the ad for for the advice about nominations closing, and they never appeared. So people took took uh, things into their own uh, hands to make it happen. Then we'll move on from there. We, as I said, we're gonna. Uh, Highlight this extensively. It's a bit dry on political stuff. It's important to discuss, but we don't want to spend too long talking about it. When we've got a few uh, seven more weeks before the business end of the political season at the Hawks uh, takes place, the other big news, of course, was that the uh, the arrival and departure in the space of twelve months of uh, dual Brownlow medals, Robert Harvey, as the midfield coach of the Hawks. He has followed his heart pretty much and joined the Ross getting the band back together, lion party at the St Kilda Football Club. I think his departure uh, was greeted with mixed feelings among Hawthorne people. I think even mixed feelings amongst the Hawks insiders. There are some, I think, who are generally sorry to see uh, one of the great midfielders and a very good teaching coach go. A couple of others headlined by uh, Brad and Darren, I suggest, who look at some of the figures and the numbers around the Hawthorne midfield last year whose attitudes might have been more on the lines of don't let the door hit you on the way out. Darren, I'll let you speak for yourself.
2: Yeah, look, I mean, I'm not basing this on... I don't know what happens behind closed doors and he could be an absolutely terrific coach, but it says a lot, I think, about his professionalism, that he's out the door after a year to go back to a club. Obviously, that he's got unfinished business with, but, you know, making decisions on emotion... This long into your career and leaving a club after a year, I just I don't personally think it's a great look. But good luck to him, and I'm sure that we'll be able to bring someone in that's actually committed to the cause. Whack, wow.
3: Brad. Yep, uh, similar sentiment to Daz. Uh, 2020 midfield was ranked. Uh, you know, our midfield was obviously poor. Halves was only at the club for a year. Uh, 2021, the year before Harves came to us, uh, he, midfield, you know, improved a bit, ranked 13 last season again, ranked 18, minus seven in clearances. I know we didn't necessarily have the cattle on the field, but I just don't know. I don't like, I'm pretty sure St Kilda will be Rob Harvey's fourth club he's been at as an assistant coach a champion footballer, one of the great uh, midfielders of the modern game. But whenever he spoke at press conferences, whenever you heard him talk, I just didn't think he was inspiring. Um, I don't think he's going to be a loss. I think the way Sam's building our midfield now is basically starting from scratch. I think, Ash, you and I spoke about it today in the office. I think the midfield coaching role at the clubs is going to be a really uh, good uh, role for someone. Sam's in a tough situation. He obviously wouldn't have expected Harvey to leave because he doesn't have a lot of time to fill it, but I think we'll get a really strong person in there, and they've got the opportunity, at least for the next three years, if not longer, to build a midfield from scratch. We're going to have young, talented players in there. I know our midfield at the moment on paper doesn't look great, but Once these younger guys like Ward and McDonald, um, whoever we pick up with pick six slash seven in the draft this year, we'll get another top four pick at the end of this year. We'll get another gun uh, midfielder. I think for Harvey, it would have been a really good position. I can see why he's gone back. A legend of St Kilda. They've got a new coach. Ross Lines obviously brought him over there. But yeah, it's disappointing. But I don't think it's such a big deal. I think... Whoever comes in is going to have a really good uh, position and a good core to build because it's going to be a journey. So, yeah, we'll see what happens.
0: So, Danny and Andrew, question for you. Um, maybe the counter view. Sam Mitchell as the senior coach of the club, had to do a lot of things last year. Yet, John Newcomb becomes a premier midfielder in the competition and Dylan Moore moves more into the midfield and takes to it like a, a duck to water. Surely, as the midfield coach, and the numbers don't look great—just uh, the the, the clearest numbers alone—but surely, Robert Harvey should be taking some credit for Newcomb and Moore in particular. Yeah, look, I think it's um, I
4: think it, it's a bit of six of one half a dozen the other there. Ash um, Harvey definitely needs some credit for the development of individuals, um, and as the midfield coach, like those two guys you highlighted, but also Finn McGuinness, Coming in as a tagger and, and doing that run with roll through the middle, um, Connor Nash, um, his continued development over the past over the past year. Um, my my concern is, and I, and I hear what Daz and what Brad um, have said, and and a, a part of me agrees with it, but then another part says, well, where are we at in our development as a club and as a list, and are we realistically ever going to be better than what we were this year with a sometimes playing no ruckman uh, and having Kaczynski chop out in the ruck for, for a game or, or be playing one ruckman who was banged up and then, you know, b having a completely re, uh, rejuvenated midfield, a young group who were always going to get smashed and will get smashed again next season because we took our hardened veterans out of the midfield and, completely reduced their numbers and their ability to impact the contest in the middle of the park so I think as much as you know Harvey probably hasn't covered himself in glory in in building up our midfield this year he wasn't working with a lot when it comes to the standard of the AFL and what they were up against so I think you know rather than slate him my take on it is Thank you for the 12 months. Understand your desire to go and work at your childhood club or the club that you sort of became a legend at. Um, Work under Ross Lyon. Uh, Possibly he sees a potential avenue to becoming a senior coach because I don't see Ross Lyon doing it forever. Um, Go for it. He's not going to get that here at Hawthorne. Um, Wish him all the best and backfill the position. But I think the the slapping Harvey for our midfield issues is a bit much for me because I think our midfield issues – are as clear as the day is long as to why, and I don't think any coach in that midfield fixes that in 12 months.
0: We Brett Ratton. Yeah, a lot of people say bring Ratton back. What do you think?
1: Um, look, I think that uh, from a sentimental point of view, that would be lovely, uh, but there are some other sentimental favourites who wouldn't mind seeing back at the club in roles. And we've certainly discussed that. Um, Honestly, like I'm I'm at a point where personally I go, okay, we've got this really young list. We've got this really young energetic group of coaches. Do we want someone filling the position that fits that mold? And I mean, you split us up perfectly because I'm completely with prinsy on this. I think, the impact, the effect that Robert Harvey had, it's totally irrelevant given the year we had and the year that it was and the pathway that we're on. If you don't want to be here, see you later. Sammy would already have, as you wrote in, in the article, Ash, Sammy would already have his short list, and we will be making sure that as far as he sees, he's bringing someone in who wants to be part of the journey and be part of the next flag. So... Um, personally, it's, it's not rotten, but again, if Sammy turned around and said it was, then I'm, I'm 100% on board. I love the direction that he's got everyone heading in, um, and and we were very, we really praised him at the start of last year with the group he put together. Harvey was part of that. Again, he doesn't want to be there, fill the gap and, and move on. Yeah,
0: um- now, so by my reckoning, and help me through this, guys, the coaching group is still needs to be filled out quite significantly. So from last year, they've lost um, now they've lost Robert Harvey. Monkhorse has retired, and Andy Ottens, for reasons we don't know, haven't quite been established. It won't be at the club yet either. So far, and, and uh, uh, what's his name? Clint Proctor is not going to be coaching Box Hill. So they brought up I think his name is it Cain Littlejohn, who works for Lions. Zane,
5: yeah, Zane Littlejohn,
0: Zane uh, Littlejohn, is coming from Brisbane to be a development coach and to be the coach of Box Hill. So they're sorting for a ruck coach now. That was a part-time role that Damien Monkhorst held last year. They need to replace Harvey as a midfield coach, but I still think they're down one or two coaches all up. From last season, Danny. So they've still got a few positions they need to fill.
4: Yeah, I I thought the same. And I think the reason for that was, you know, soft cap issues paying out Clarkson's contract in this past season, this past year. So um, with him being at North, I would have thought that maybe some of that is alleviated in 2023. So there should be space to be able to bring on uh, more support for Sam. And Sam talked about that a couple of times through the season um, that, you know, potentially. Carrying a bit too much and being able to spread the load would be beneficial. So, um, I think it's a I think it's a matter of time. And look, time is running out because preseason is going to start in a couple of weeks. So you'd 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 think that they'd want to have some of those uh, replacements other than Little John uh, locked down before that time. You you wouldn't want to go into too much of preseason with just Hale and Hickmont um, as your and and Newman as your. Only assistant coaches. It's a, it's a big task.
0: Yeah, there's been some people saying that we'll move Hale to the uh, ruck and then move and bring Ruffy to the club as the forwards coach. Well, uh, the couple of problems with that is firstly that the ruck coach has not been a full time, it's not really a full time job at any at any club. I mean, the ruck coach might have other duties, but of itself, Munkorse Horses only ever a, a part time role at the footy club. Um, and I think that um, I think that R- Ruffhead, is my I've heard from a couple... I've heard mixed reports on Up, Someone said to me, who knows him quite well, he's a pretty good chance to come back to Hawthorne at some stage, but given his role these, these days is more list management and recruiting than flat-out coaching. If he does move to Hawthorne, it's likely to be after the draft because that's the moving season for... That's usually the moving season, for unless you're North Melbourne. That's the, usually the moving season for people who do that sort of thing. You see out a draft, and then you move to... A new club ahead of that you know, as you start planning for the next one. So I wouldn't discount Ruffick coming back to Hawthorne, I'm not sure it will be in a coaching role. So, yeah, they do still have roles to fill, but I can't see David Hale moving on from being the forwards coach after just one year and certainly not moving to the, to the ruck role. So that'll be interesting. As Harvey said in uh, one of his media interviews, he was due to come, return to work at Hawthorne probably Wednesday uh, with the other coaches to start planning. November 1st being sort of the start of the new. Football year, pretty much. I think most of the assistant coaches get back to work next week to start working. Um, Mitchell, Sam Mitchell's at Harvard. He's been, my understanding is he's been uh, also as was Clarko, has been spending some time uh, with with Andrew Postacoglu at Glasgow Celtic, and was doing a short course at Harvard. But he'll probably be back as well before too long. He's got a bit of work to do now to 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 flesh out the coaching staff. We don't know. There's a. Bit of wishful thinking, uh, Andrew, around Joel Selwood. I think you threw his name up in our WhatsApp group.
1: Yeah, there's quite a few names that we were um, we were talking about, and uh, we've also just had David Mundy brought up. You know, some of us were talking about. Um, you, we talked about Ratton before and bringing him back. You know, we've talked about. Hodgie or Jordan Lewis or Brad Sewell or if, if Sammy's got a few numbers to to call depending on coaching credentials. So, uh, I mean, we can, we can take stabs, but there are clearly going to be some quality, um, recently retired, uh, potentially really good options to coach the midfield. So we'll see which way he leans. But, yeah, I mean, I think everyone generally seem to mellow a bit on Joel Selwood towards the end of the year. So, um, you know, he's amazing at what he's, he's done he's, and, and would be... He's, a the, he's, the
0: mayor of, he's the mayor of Geelong. Why would he want to come and... Why would he want to schlep an hour each way to Waverley every day to be assistant coach actually heard and a, le- le- leave at six in the morning?
1: I heard a rumour that, he, um, that he's been in discussions with Carlton, so I don't even know what their situation's like, but, but who knows until... The, the the drums are beating a little bit louder. It's all uh, just a little bit of scuttle part.
0: Yeah, and the, another clue with Mitchell might be to look at the, everyone who was who who, he, who anyone else he knew apart from Hickmott at West Coast who you might want to bring across as well. So,
1: that's well, you actually also mentioned you um heard or thought someone else from up in uh, Greater Western Sydney might have been a. A good option that might have got a few tongues wagging.
0: Oh, I forgot uh, who was that.
1: Oh, I just gave you a bit of a clue, someone you might have... Uh, oh, aver- yeah,
0: James Heard. Well, aver- James Heard it was a, reportedly had a... Uh, was seen deep in conversation with Sam Mitchell at a walk around um, at a walk around Pantacle Gardens. Now, my th- oh, I'm on an island in this one because there are people who wouldn't want him anywhere near Hawthorne, but I think James Heard coming in as a, as a bench coach at Hawthorne would be fantastic. Uh, but even if he was two or three, you know, three days a week at Hawthorne as the bench coach, he would be fantastic uh, working with those younger players. I think it would be an awesome appointment um, for him to be at Hawthorne, even apart from the complete up yours that would be towards Essendon. I actually think he's got a lot to offer. He, he have to dip, you have to separate the James Hurd, who's running the entire football program, as he was at Essendon, with the James Hurd, who purely would be an employee of the club under the firm direction and guidance of Sam Mitchell and Rob McCartney. Uh, I think it'd be a fantastic opponent, but I suspect I'm on an island in that one. Anyone wanna anyone wanna back
1: actually, me up on this one? I'm with you on it. I actually think it would be brilliant. And the reality is you've you've just got to see, you know, we've just talked about Selwood and heard two people that Hawthorne supporters have loved to hate over the years. The reality they've
0: is- loved to hate Hawthorne too, back
1: just quietly. Evenly back, but but the yeah. reality is best person for the job. So, um, that's that's up to Sam Mitchell, and if he can look past that, well, the gif of him, you know, in, in doing the injections into his arms with the Essendon <laughs> players will become one of the greatest
2: uh, NFTs of all time. My, my only counterpoint me- to that is, you know, I love the the kind of reverse romance of it, but we've just brought Robert Harvey into the club and he's left after, uh, after a year to go back to St Kilda. So, you know, a coaching position comes up at Geelong. Coaching position will inevitably come up at Essendon soon because that's how that club works. You know, are we setting ourselves up for failure taking these heroes from other clubs so soon in their, you know, like with Charles Selwood especially, so soon after retirement? Like, is that a risk?
0: Well I would say well I would say that Harvey was unusual but he bolted after twelve months. Craig McCrae only lasted twelve months at Hawthorne because he got the job at Collingwood, otherwise he'd still be there. And in and I would argue also that if uh, if Sam Mitchell had gone ahead and got the Collingwood job, there's every chance that Craig McCrae would be preparing right now to be the new coach of Hawthorne for next season. So um, Danny, Danny
2: McCrae's different though, because McCrae got offered the senior role and I think I'd never begrudge someone Leaving for that, but it's a bit different. Going for another assistant role.
0: Hers not going to Essendon anytime soon. Panel, he's, he's, his bridges have been burnt with Essendon as a result of uh, the coaching process there. So, if he's serious about being, if he's serious about wanting to be a coach again, and he knows he's have to put in some hard yards as an assistant somewhere. Then one of the few options left for him, you know, that doesn't require getting on a plane every second week, is to come to Hawthorne. So it's not beyond the realms. I'd say probably a one in. 10 chance of happening but I, I, I'm not entirely discounting it. Danny? Yeah, I just wanted to
4: sort of put it out there. I'm not
0: not necessarily sure the um,
4: fan support would be there for a herd uh, place on the assistant coach uh, coaching group and um, not that every decision the Hawthorne Footy Club makes is because of what the fan reaction will be but um, with you know, quite a few sort of negative things floating around at the moment in relation to the Hawks. I'm just not sure that's uh, um, something we'd want to take on right now. Um, And maybe it's just me and my absolute disdain for the Essendon footy club and um, you know, all things related to it, but I just wouldn't be taking the risk if I was the Hawks, regardless of whether we think he's a good coach or not. I just, um, I just feel like there's a bit too much uh, stigma attached to herd still. And, you know, whether it's an Essendon thing or it's the supplement scandal or it's just a straight-up dislike for the for that football club, um, I just wouldn't
0: be going near it. Just remember a couple of things. Firstly, James Hurt's grandfather actually played for Hawthorne before he played Preston, So it would be a homecoming, Danny, after all that. Um, and you would trust that if it was to happen. And again, I'm probably a bit more uh, having a bit more fun with this than it probably actually warrants. But you would think it would be a very well-thought-out and considered decision by... Mitchell, and he would have asked all the right questions and the hard questions I've heard, and indeed any assistant coach with a non Hawthorne background, uh, after the Robert Harvey experience, I'm sure the right and sensible questions will have been asked of whoever they bring to the club about their commitment to the club, and you, yes, you'd want, uh, you'd want a couple of coaches coming in now who are going to be there for more than 12 months, but it does add to, it's a nice little segue into the next thing I want to discuss briefly, is the fixture, still a few weeks away, Talk it's going to be released probably Usually released... until Before COVID, the fixture used to be released the uh, the Friday, the day before Derby Day was fixture release day. So uh, normally would be having special one-off spaces just to be talking about the fixture release. A um, bit of talk around that Hawthorne wants to open the season with an MCG home game, a long overdue MCG home game against the Bombers next year to mark the 40th anniversary of the 83 grand final. So imagine if that Happens and James Heard is wearing the Hawthorne polo shirt on the boundary line on that particular day as a starting point of the season. Brad, what sort of crowd will they get for Hawthorne Essendon round one game at the MCG next year?
3: Oh, it be absolutely massive. I know our support is the crowds haven't been huge the last couple of years, but did I read that they Hawthorne are pushing for it? Is it a 40-year anniversary? Yeah, 40, 40 years. Put...
0: You're, not pay, you're not paying yeah. attention to that, uh, Brad. 40 years since the uh, 83 grand final. I want
3: to have it in the Union event. I reckon they'd get at least, I reckon at least 75, 75 to 80,000. If it be either a Friday or Saturday night, I know, Carlton, Richmond's going to open up the season again, which will obviously be huge. But I reckon a Friday or a Saturday night, MCG, Hawthorne, Essendon round one. Because the last few years, for whatever reason we've spoken about, we seem to play them at uh, Marvel Stadium, which is a joke. So I reckon it'd be brilliant. I reckon at least 70 to 75,000.
0: I think it's a good chance of happening because the AFL, Essen requested Hawthorne for 2017 for that first game after the supplement scandal. Um, and they got, and that was a warm Saturday in the MCG. I reckon they got 75,000 for that night. Uh, so this is almost the quid pro quo now. Hawthorne, you know, there's no reason for the AFL to knock Hawthorne back. And it's also the fact that they haven't played, you know, it's five years since they've played Essen at the MCG as a home. As a home game, so I think it's a pretty good chance it's going to happen, which will be a spectacular occasion. Because I really hope, irrespective of what, happened, what James Erd is doing that night, I think it'll be a fantastic night. So let's hope that happens. Another report as well, uh, gentlemen, in the uh, one of the papers this afternoon that, given the strong likelihood now that Tasmania will get a team, the uh, the Tassie government will be happy to keep playing games. Uh, in Tasmania for the next few years. So Hawthorne could well get another four games in Launceston next year, which, uh, Brad, might not help their, your, your plans to finish on the bottom. Because I do have, to have no. a home grand advantage
3: there. Yeah, we do have a good record there. The last few years, not so great. But I guess who we fixed it to play, you know, who the AFL fixed us against, it's usually the interstate clubs. You know, we'd probably play north there. We often play Brisbane and Gold Coast there. So, like, you know, you play a Gold Coast there and a North there. Those are two games that uh, we should win. So, I guess it's good, you know, for our uh, relationship. The sponsorship dollar really, really good as well. You know, we get a good uh, financial uh, reward back there. I think we got, you know, quite a lot of uh, members down in uh, Tassia, which is great. But, uh, yeah, four games there, not a bad thing. Um, they not the greatest uh, spectacles. But, you know, for a young and developing side, I, th- I think it's good because the games down there are usually close and tight because of the weather. But, um, yeah, I reckon it's a good thing. So, four more games there. I think North are also getting four games for their deal as well, aren't they? So,
0: they are. But yeah. the, the thing to mention with Tasmania, though, Wisi, you, uh, you might have some thoughts on this. Is that they might get the games in Tasmania, but they may not get the sponsorship. You've got to, there's actually two elements. There's the home games in Launceston, there's also the Tourism Tasmania sponsorship or the Tasmanian branding. The Tasmanian government might actually pull back some money and start saving their shekels, so to speak, to put into uh, into the Tasmanian club.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. I reckon it might be significantly reduced. And a lot of that sponsorship included stuff like pre-season games, pre-season camps around Tasmania, a lot of the community-based events um, and work that they were doing within communities around Tassie. Um, And that's the big watch for me. It seems an absolute given um, that we'll be getting the four games. And I think, I think when it came to the pure sponsorship and the gate takings, I think that article you mentioned, Ash, said it was worth around $4 million to the club. Obviously, we've got 9,000 plus members in Tassie. So I, I think there's clearly going to be a strong element, but I agree with you. I think it'll be stripped around significantly so some coin can be saved for the building of you know, Tassie having their own team.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really, um, yeah, that, that's a point that not a lot of people are picking up on at the moment is that uh, I wouldn't be surprised that uh, the, the games continue, but the major sponsorship might be on its last legs. Maybe for next season, they might be a 12-month wait um, before that happens. Um, a couple other bits and pieces, and I think our next speaker will uh, want to discuss this, is that uh, apparently Hawksnest is totally out of Abdaski now. Patrick, is that right? Good evening. Yeah, I went past yesterday and it looked
8: like there was not much gear. The Adidas sections more had other gear not Adidas, so the announcement must not be far away.
0: Yeah, I think the uh, there's a couple of announcements probably due out of Hawthorne in the next little while. One will be all those uh, multitude of coaches that they need to appoint. Uh, I imagine that Tasmania Games deal will be announced and we're all waiting the power sponsor given that Training starts in a couple of weeks. The players will be kitted out in their new year. So I'm anticipating the announcement about the new gear will be within the next week to 10 days.
8: And also uh, more Dingley news. That's probably also on the not much coming out of the club that you sort of haven't heard much about Dingley. No, there's
0: uh, not a whole lot more we can say on, on, on Dingley. Danny, you're a Dingley correspondent. Got any news for us?
1: Teddy. Oh, lost uh, his mute. Sorry, game.
0: sorry,
4: sorry. My apologies. No, I think it's, uh, I think it's uh, definitely a case of no real further developments on the Dingley front. Um, and yeah, I think I, I wouldn't be expecting too much in the near future either. It sounds like there's been a few a few delays behind the scenes, and um, a lot a lot of things can contribute to that those sorts of delays. Um, But I think the club still needs to secure plenty more funding. So there's even that before they can really get stuck into the weeds. So, um, yeah, I think we're just going to have to be patient, Patrick. I think it's coming, but it's not coming fast. I think uh, just uh, strap yourself in and enjoy the ride, mate. Do you think we get it
8: done during the AGM,
1: or do you think it will be even longer than that? I think it's going to be longer than that. And if you actually um, look, there's, 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 Three or four lines in Jeff Kenneth's letter to the members, which I think he's, you know, if you actually unpack it, he's been very clever with the way he's worded it. So there were three things in it. One was um, having a go at the construction industry and uh, effectively laying some um, blame at their feet for it taking so long. The second was then purely around. uh, just, again, trying to re-emphasise that we can have the best facilities in the land and keep positive from that point of view. And then he also used it as a platform to say, don't forget, we sold all of our pokies so that we could use all of the money towards it. So um, it was it was pretty well-constructed to be able to, um, to get a few wins in that. But I think what that actually means when you unpack it, Patrick, is... Uh, yeah, there, there might be some mention of it at the AGM, but we're, we're some time away from
2: completion. I, w- I wonder how much the upcoming state election is going to um, have have to sort of um, do with uh, how quickly Dingley moves. Um, and maybe also it could, it could form part of Merlino's push to be on the board. Just complete speculation on my behalf, but that could have something to do with it.
0: Um, Darren, I want to refer to you now. This is your wheelhouse. There's been a bit of talk about, um, well, it looks like the Adidas deal is over and Sketches has been rumoured to be the new uh, apparel partner for the Hawthorne Football Club. Adidas has been in the news a bit lately. Is Hawthorne, uh, mate, is it a, a good time for Hawthorne to cut their losses with Adidas?
2: Yeah, well, I thought it was really nice of the club to stand in solidarity with the Jewish community by removing all the Adidas gear from the shop. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, look, I think I think I think it prob- probably is good timing uh, for that deal to come to a close. Um, and I'm still not convinced that Sketches is a serious enough brand for this new era of Hawthorne, but. Um, there's a lot of money and energy behind the Sketches rebrand at the moment globally. So it could actually herald a, a new and exciting future um, for Sketches and Hawthorne. It's just, I've got so many memories of Sketches from the 90s, and I don't think they were ever a particularly, um, a brand that was ever particularly synonymous with football. It's always been a bit of a kind of gimmicky skate brand.
0: If you if you're if you if you're wanted to make a play into the sports apparel space, then an AFL club is a fantastic uh, partner to have. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and that's even Hawthorne with a fairly young playing list, so I mean, it's something that they could actually uh, to u- use to uh, to get those going. Interesting that apparently <laughs> Kanye West or Ye is he's now known there, and Ye um, went to Sketches, having lost his Adidas partnership, turned up with a film crew to Sketches HQ the very next day. And it was a score out
2: building. Before, I did hear uh... that. I, I saw that tweet, and honestly, like who, who knows anymore? I just I don't think anyone's that desperate to work with sketches, even yay, to be honest. like uh, I don't know about you guys, but I just sketches is uh, a very curious, curious new new brand to work with. I just don't really think they've got any credit in the market.
0: I mean, to their credit, Hawthorne, they've kept this one really, really tight. So um, when they changed from Puma to Adidas, which was before the 2013 season, that leaked leaked out quite uh, easily. But uh, if it is sketches or whoever it is, I mean, it's really just been a bit of supposition out there. There's been no sort of rumours or leaks or, you know, uh, designs making their way onto the the web somewhere. So they'll make the announcement before too long and with a bit of splash. So uh, we do look forward to what they decide. Um, down the track. Um, we are going to finish up with the AFLW. catch um, is listening. catch, if you want to have a chat and uh, come and have a chat to us before we finish up, we'd love to talk to you. Um, no pressure. Now the season's going, you might need club permission to do so. But if you want to have a quick chat, we're happy to. They uh, were brought back to earth in significant fashion, having had the uh, heartbreaking loss to... Um, GWS, a couple of years ago, Andrew, which you noted in our WhatsApp group had a few similarities to the men's losses in recent uh, times. Um, they were then well beaten um, on the weekend by the Brisbane Lions, premiership favourite Brisbane Lions, beat the Hawks in their last Melbourne game for the year. It was 9-7, 61 to one one seven. one It was always going to be a bit of a struggle that game. Yeah, I'll I'll jump in here. I
4: think um, uh, you can't fault the endeavour of our girls, and that's the one thing that I'll say from day one, round one, um, they put it all out on the park every single week, and um, I think you know the absolute their intent is something that our I hope our um, our men's uh, team carry into next year as well. That attack on the footy, but my goodness, the Brisbane Lions are a, a fairly good football side, and um, it's no disgrace to lose to them. And I think it looked at that at one stage early like it could be really, really bad. And I think they did pretty well, the Hawks, to uh, to somewhat limit the damage.
0: A catch Makur friend of Hawks Insiders and star, we we don't use that term advisably. Star player for the Hawks AFLW, I think, is with us. A catch good evening. <laughs>
8: Hi Ashley, hi Darren. hi Danny, hi Darren, hi everyone. <laughs>
5: long good time. It's good. <laughs> it
0: has been a long time. How's the se- how have you enjoyed the season? It's it, it's been a thrilling season for supporters to watch this team grow every week, and we're going to put last week uh, to one side because you were playing a very very good team. It's been the most thrilling season. How have you enjoyed it?
8: Um. Oh, it's been it's been such a wonderful season. It's honestly flown by so quickly. Um, I think I spoke to you guys round one just before round one um, and then I just kind of disappeared off the face face of the earth um, because it just got it got so busy uh, with 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 footy uh, work and everything else that I'm doing. So it's been quite overwhelming, but it was it's nice to finally get home today after work and just sit and actually have my TV off and I'm just and then you guys popped on and I was like, oh, great, I'm going to listen. So I've been listening um, to you guys and all the insights uh, about the club, um, which is super, super epic. Uh, but yeah, I've absolutely enjoyed the season. Um, I think that everyone, all the girls um, that have um, played um, their first season this year really have enjoyed um, the season. And I think the the vibe around with all the girls is um, there's a sense of, um, I guess, you know, playing the Brisbane Lions last week really cemented that where we need to get to but it's also being realistic as players you know the Brisbane Lions have been in the competition since year 1 um and and then we come in and we've had you know about 18 girls debuted this year and uh, and for me as somebody who's been in this league for for very long time and played you know about uh you know 20 plus games um it's just the resilience of these young kids that have just really inspired me this year and it just really inspires you to go out and and represent this jumper uh but second to that just the support from the hawks um fans the hawks family has just been so phenomenal like the way you guys have just taken us in and loved us and supported us like i've just never met a group of supportive fans who are actually so positive about the women's program like you guys and that's been really Um, I guess really inspiring and really it makes it easy to you know go down to Frankston and see all the smiling faces and go on the fence after a game and you know high five or have a conversation with somebody Um, yeah so it's been just amazing and I think a lot of us are really looking forward to you know having some time off but also putting in the work over the preseason. We have a longer we have a longer off season now, which is which is amazing for older girls like myself. Uh, but I, I think it's people are gonna really enjoy it and really work hard on their game and come back bigger and better uh, for next season to really I guess Because uh, we were we were pretty much doubt they they doubted us. A lot of people doubted us. A lot of people said we were gonna be wooden spooners. And I think we really spoke we really um, you know, put um, a lot of those naysayers um, on, on notice because um, I, f- I find with a lot of people that say no, they never give, they never gave us a chance, uh, which is somehow really good for us. But we have an amazing coach in Beck Goddard and all our assistant coaches who have just made us believe in ourselves this year. So it's been incredible.
0: What's been the best win of, of the three? What, Which of the three wins did you think were the best this year?
8: Um, obviously Sydney, we're never going to forget that, um, you know, a a new team and to, you know, be the inaugural side that win our inaugural, um, you know, um, win for the women's side is, is pretty big. So we're never going to forget that. But I think the West Coast, uh, the West Coast game was, was one that I have to say we were really proud of. We, we didn't particularly really play our game the way we wanted to play our game, but there was glimpses of. Um, ways that we did to I guess um, you know stop West Coast and you know West Coast have been in the competition this is the fourth fourth year so for us to come and actually beat a team who's been in the competition for that long it's been pretty good and then obviously um, the, the Port Adelaide game was another game that we knew was going to be pretty hard because uh, Port Adelaide have been coming and they're a pretty high pressure team um, so for us to go out and, and play the way we played against those three sides um, was really positive, so um, I think for for me the West Coast game, uh, followed by the Sydney game, and then obviously the Port Adelaide game.
0: Um,
8: Tell us about,
0: I mean, all the 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 eighteen debutants, but I think it's fair to say the player that has got everybody excited is Jasmine Fleming. Some of her work as a midfielder, she probably would get a game in the men's team with some mm-hmm. of the some, some of the form she's showed. As as a midfielder, how exciting has her progress been this year? Um, it, it,
8: I'm I'm just glad people got to see Jazz, but she's been doing this in the NAB League since she was like 14. Um, this kid's been been a star um for for so long. Um, and she could have played in the AFLW like two years ago if she was given the opportunity to. And I think that's the scary bit. So the fact that she's now in, in in the competition and, and it's done what she's done this year um, is really gonna put a, put her in a really good uh, place for the future but just she's just such a humble kid like she' she's, she doesn't have any arrogance about her um, she's very supportive of all the other young girls as well um, and she's she's quite a leader herself she's a very um, like young leader but she knows how to bring people along. On the journey with her, and I think that's what's gonna make her career last really long. Because I know a lot of stars, star players, can just get stuck in their own. Oh, I gotta be the best. Uh, but with Jazz, she's one of those players that brings everyone else along with her, uh, which has been uh, super amazing. So, um, I'm just, I'm, I'm in the back seat just watching this kid shine. Um, and it's just, it's the best seed in the house. And I cannot wait for what she produces for the next 10 plus years because it's going to, you guys have not seen anything yet. It's just the beginning.
1: <laughs> now, Akech, you were nominated for and unfortunately robbed in terms of getting <laughs> the goal of the, the official goal of the week uh, nomination for goal of the year. Do you want to just talk us through that little side sidestep? Side step? slotting it
8: through from the boundary, talk us through the moment. Oh, yes it, oh, it was weird. Um D Mack, our, our coach, <laughs> um he just he was telling us the whole the whole game to press up um and go and go into the forward line and try and kick goals as well as the midfielders and I was like, oh okay and I just saw an opportunity um where I just saw her turn her body. And I've tra- I've done them at training all the time where i just intercept um and 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 all of that and i was like this is this is it like i i'll have to press up here trust that somebody is coming behind me um and yeah just really pressed hard um knocked it over um and then it was going off it was going to, it was going to go outside and i was like no nah, you got this uh so i picked it up and she was just charging at me and i was like i'm going to have to put in what I've been practicing at training because I practice them at training all the time. Um, and yeah, and I just saw the angle and I, I heard Jess Duffin's voice, I catch, I catch, I catch. And I knew that's where the goal was. Um, and I just was like, if I just get straight here, I'll kick this goal. Um, and yeah, so there were so many things happening so quickly. Um, and then when I kicked it, I was just like, wow, this is this is cool. <laughs> I should be kicking more goals this season.
2: Ketchum, <laughs> some- You've played a a bit, correct me if I'm wrong, but a bit further up the ground this year and we've seen Jess Duffin move forward and uh, Beck Goddard really does kind of shift the magnets around a little bit in terms Mm -hmm. of how she sets the team up. Can you talk a bit about her approach to coaching and and what it's kind of, the impact that she's made, especially on someone that's been in the system um, for as long as you have um, compared to sort of other coaches you've worked with?
5: Oh,
8: back or not? It's just, I I think everyone should coach under back. Like, should come and learn from back on how to manage a group of women, but also how to manage athletes as as a whole. Um, you know, we have there's always this big debate on oh, there's not not enough women's coaches. But for me, my 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 best belief has always been I just want the best coach to coach me. Um, and I remember getting that phone call four months ago because I actually retired. I just was done. I took a, I was like, I'm taking a year off. I don't want to play footy this year. And I remembered the conversation I had with her in those two minutes and she re-inspired me. And I was like, wow, this woman can inspire me through a conversation like what the heck is going to happen with the season playing under her. And I was like, you know what, let me trust my gut and, and go down. And I'm so glad I did because first of all, she's made me rediscover my passion Um, and she's actually put me in the position that I, no i started off as so i was a winger and then i got put in the rock and then i got put as a defender and i just have never been given the opportunity to play as a wing so it's been nice to kind of play as a wing i know there's there's a lot of fitness that i still have to do in the off season to get to you know where those top wingers are and i know i have to do that um but it's just nice to see a coach give me the opportunity to, to come in i guess you know show a bit of 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 something Um, on the wing as well Um, but it's just how she approaches everyone you know she knows where everyone's strength is you know Jess Duffin is is incredible in the back line but she was also a forward who kicked a lot of goals as well so the fact that she identified that and in that game against Port Adelaide where she just came and kicked three goals in a space of like a quarter was incredible and just goes to show of the work that she's had to do you know, like she's playing, she's, she's coaching her 25th game this weekend. She should have been coaching more games, but we're just glad that she's with us now because she brings fun. Uh, she brings seriousness. Uh, she brings professionalism. Um, but overall, she's just really funny. Like there's never a dull like um, day or like a training or even like the, the, the before the games, there's always something funny. And I, I hardly laugh at jokes because I actually don't get jokes. But Beck got out jokes. You always get them. And you laugh before you're about to run on, on the ground. So uh, she's just been great. Uh, and I think it's, she's just going to keep developing our side. Uh, we're a young side. Um, and we're a young developing side. But, um, yeah, it's exciting things ahead. Ketch, you
4: are definitely uh, the number one favourite of the Hawks insiders. All of us absolutely love the way that you go about it and uh, your passion for football and for life and uh, for the Hawks. Uh, who over the course of this year has been your favourite Hawk to watch on the football field or play with, uh, and who have you loved to see the development of from say day one of preseason to now?
8: Ooh, I've got two. I'll have to say um, Lucy Wales. Um, she's just carried the rock by herself um, for nine games. Um, and it's just been the, the way Pendles, we call her Pendles because she loves basketball. And for some reason, we gave her Pendles. Uh, the way Pendles <laughs> just goes about her football is just incredible. She, You she can hardly get a word out of her most weeks. Uh, but on the football field, she's a fierce competitor, she just comes and does her job. If you tell Pendles to run one hundred meters, um, she'll do it. If you like, she plays pretty much ninety-five percent or one hundred percent of the game without complaining in the rock. Um, and for a young player to do that um, is really just amazing. And you know, she's sacrificing herself for the team, um, and it, it just shows how much she's actually having an impact on the football field. And the way she's developed so quickly, she was overlooked in two drafts, and then to finally get her opportunity. Uh, to come and uh be a part of this team is is awesome. So I really loved uh, watching that. Um, and then young Charlotte Bascaran. Like obviously, Jazz Fleming is a star, and I love her. But also young Charlotte Bascaran. Um, so I met Charlotte when she was fifteen, and I was her manager. So I was a team manager when I used to work at the AFL. Um, so to be on the same same team with her, um, in twenty twenty two, um, and wearing the Hawks colors and running alongside her has been quite amazing, and then her parents actually trust me to drive her to training um, um, these days, which is amazing, so I'm developing that relationship with her that I had with when we were when, when she was in my program uh, but yeah she's she's really going to develop into a really um yeah strong uh, player um, and then the third player has to be anya mcdonough um, this this girl's just come from Ireland, straight from Gay League, straight to um, footy. Um, And the way she's just – she's such a fierce competitor. She's fun. She's one of my really good mates. But she's also very – she just brings everyone on the team along with with her, um, which is amazing. And the way she just wants to be better each week. And, you know, know the Irish, they just come and take the game and make it their own. And I think that's what Onya is going to do. And having Gilly – Gilly's influence, um, her is going to really – be awesome for our team. So yeah, I think those are my three uh, players that have really impressed me this year. So
0: one game to go. A catch. You had to Perth to play Fremantle on Saturday night. You're going to be without all the uh, the schoolies are, are already missing. Jazz Fleming, Laura Elliott, Emily Everest, and Bridie Hipple are doing their VC exams, which even they take pro over footy. I guess this time of year. So uh, are you going to be able to fill the full team? You've got a, a, enough reserves players. Uh, at the end of the season, to to fill the proper team on the on the weekend.
8: Um, yeah, we do. I think Beck is um, Beck is uh, uh, an amazing uh, coach, as I said before. She's going to move her magnets, and she's going to make sure that we got the right match up. Obviously, it's a be- very big loss for us, uh, but also it's important for those young girls to not worry about flying to Perth and flying back while they have exams. Their exams are important, and they're important for their future. So I'm glad that the club's given them. Um, you know that time off to go and focus on their exams uh but yeah we're gonna definitely um you know there's bridget deeds who who hasn't played for a while sophie lock um he has to he's yet to come back as well um so there's 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 players on the bench that can come in easily um you know be given roles and play roles in the weekend so um yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a very interesting matchup, and I'm looking forward to being back home. Uh, seeing my family again. Um, there's always a selfish one for me, the, the per okay. trip, because I get to see my family.
5: <laughs>
8: well,
0: it will guarantee a bit of support for the Hawks, and I'm afraid I've struggled a bit this year, so the Hawks aren't without a chance of finishing the season with a win. catch, we thank you for joining us. You're welcome back next season, uh, next week, or anytime the next little while to uh, put a bow on the season for us. But uh, good luck for the weekend. Hope you finish off with a win. And uh, thanks for joining us on Hawks Insiders.
8: No worries. Thank you so much, crew. appreciate it.
0: Great to have you on board once again. Thanks, catch, And uh, as they've been an absolute joy to watch this season, the Hawthorne AFLW team. And uh, let's hope they finish the season well. That's been the Insiders Safe Space for this week. We've actually run a bit over time, which is good. Plenty to talk about in what really is a very quiet time of year. Um, we... May or may not be back next week. We'll let you know early on if uh, there's not much news around the Hawks. We may uh, wait a bit longer to lose much more concrete news to discuss, but there'll be plenty of stories to come on the Substack. We thank you for your support of the Hawks Insiders. $5 a month, $50 for the season, for the very best online Hawthorne content going around. Uh, Andrew, any housekeeping before we finish up?
5: Uh,
1: no, but I think Daz and I will be catching up during the week to talk politics and cricket. So if anyone wants to <laughs> jo- join us,
2: just uh, send us a DM. Oh, God, yeah. I think I've got show. to uh, do some washing um, during the week. So I might have to miss <laughs> that one, mate. might have to rain check. Politics and cricket, yeah, they
0: don't have uh, much space in either of your minds. Um, thank Devin for joining us on the Hawks Insiders. Uh, and thank you for your support. has been a good one tonight. We look forward to chatting to you again. Very, very soon with... Uh, and don't forget, we've got a podcast coming up with um, James Bellino. Ed Sill uh, will be on... Uh, in fact, we'll be on to a space next week because I think Ed wants to have a chat. So we will probably will be around next week to talk politics. You can give that one to miss, Darren. Um, so stay tuned to Twitter feed with all the news from us and uh, enjoy the long weekend. Good luck in Melbourne Cup if you've got a horse running and uh, we will talk to you again next time. Thanks and good night.